Welcome back to Two Hats Podcast, y'all. We have a good episode today. We have Chris here. He's a federal probation officer. And y'all know how long we've been trying to get a federal PO on the show. Everybody say hey to Chris. Chris, say hey. What's going on, everybody? <laughs> I'm so happy to have you with us. So let us know. You know, we asked two questions in the beginning of every episode. So in your department, where does it fall on the two hats? Scale. One being more social work and then 10 being more law enforcement. Where does your department fall on the two hat scale? I would give it more of like a, a one. Um, that's where we fall. Like, I don't, it all, also all depends on the district too, um, where you are. But we are on, where my district is, we're on a one. Okay. And how do you like that? Um, Coming from uh, the state probation side in Florida, um, we dealt more with the law enforcement side, um, dealing with a lot of hands-on, um, and I don't miss those days at all. Like, I'm too old for that now, so um, I kind of like it where it is now, um, more like paperwork, but we still get to interact and, and stuff like that, but it's more or less, um, you come in, you do what you got to do. Um, if you're not going to do it, we just going to push the paperwork and we're going to let the judge and the court decide. So Absolutely. that's pretty much what it is. Absolutely. How long have you been in the field? Like how many years? Uh, total or with just with the feds? Like total. Total, I would say six years. Okay. And then specifically with the feds, how long? Two, two years. Okay. And what made you even want to get into this profession in the first place? So originally... Um, I was a juvenile detention officer, um, and it was never a thought uh, to be a probation officer. Um, I think it crossed my path when I had to deal with a lot of fights with these kids, man, like breaking up fights and getting hit, you know what I'm saying, getting concussions and stuff like that. Um, I was like, man, I got to find something else. But um, I know I just strolled online one day on the state of Florida website and they were looking for probation officers. I was like, eh, maybe it's something I could do. And I just applied and I got it. So, uh-huh. <laughs> so you have no experience. That's kind of like me. When I started, I had no experience actually being, you know, with probation or parole. Right. Right. It was no experience. Um, I remember they called me for an interview. I went in there. I had all my credentials already set. Um, they asked me, can you do this and that? And I was like, yeah. And it was like, all right, we'll, we'll go next door. We we want you. So um, it, it, it was quick. It was quick. You then, probably got lucky. I feel like you got lucky. Like, they probably needed somebody. And you was just there at the right time. And things popped off the way it needed to pop off. I think I think it, I think they were in the process of meeting a lot of people because a lot of people were retiring. Um, and, but, again, I got lucky because it was like 10 people in the lobby waiting for interviews. Um and somebody told me if they tell you to go next door to get your fingerprints, then you pretty much got the job. So I'm, I'm like, next door getting fingerprints. I'm like, oh, Lord. I'm, oh, I'm in I'm the job. But it was so a quick, what it was, was, quick it, what was the process like? So you did fingerprints. You went to do the interview. Did they have any, like, psychological exam, any polygraphs, anything like that? No. Um, no. So, much. oh, this is a good question. How's the pay? Everybody talks about Florida having the worst pay for probation. It's bad. When I when I started, I, I'm gonna keep. I love Florida. I love y'all. If y'all listen, I love my state. 
but I start off like $37,000, You know, the probation officers do way too much work to be getting paid. Way too much. Way too much. Way too much work. And then when I left, because I was a senior officer before I left, um, I was $39,000. So, um, <laughs> so you were happy to leave. So that leads us into the segue of you going to so how did that happen? Tell us about how you got hired as a federal probation officer. All right. So this is crazy because it took me almost two years to get in. Um, you apply, you put your application in, bam, that, that's it. Um, and they're going to call you, you're not going to call you. Um, I applied for like Pennsylvania. I remember they called me out and do a test. So I had to fly all over Pennsylvania to take a test. I'm gonna tell y'all right now, the test was like a like an ACT test. I'm talking about math questions. Like, what are we gonna do math as a probation officer? Like, what y'all what y'all trying to do? You know what I'm saying? I already knew off the rip I failed that test. Like, I'm flying all the way back home, like, man, like, <laughs> like, okay, whatever. So I knew I was gonna get a call back. Um, okay. I applied for Texas. Um, I got into the lap, like the top two it was me and another person. Um, it was in El Paso. Um, I, we drove, my wife and I drove to El Paso, um, from Florida and we, you know, we did a little sightseeing cause I kind of felt like I was confident about getting that job. I didn't get it. That person spoke Spanish. I mean, it is what it is. I understand it's El Paso. So they need somebody to speak Spanish. Um, I applied for Washington DC. Um, I applied for Florida back at the crib. I already knew I was going to get in the crib. So it is what it is. It's very competitive in Florida, and it's hard to get into in Florida. Uh, I applied for Georgia, never heard from them. Like, I'm telling you, I applied for so many places, and I didn't, like, I, I got to take the test, but that was it. It never went further. Then I applied for Louisiana. Louisiana was a little different because typically they ask you to have references, all this other stuff. They, they need a lot of stuff, all right? I'm letting y'all know they need references. They want, like, evaluations from the state. Um, all that. Um, so they asked me to send a written report, like something that I've done, like a violation report. So I sent that off. Um, then I got a call like two weeks later. Hey, we want you to come over here to Louisiana do an interview. I'm like, oh snap! You know what I'm saying? <laughs> He's this like, I ain't never got this of, far before. Yeah, I never got this far. So my wife and I would drive to uh, to Louisiana, um, and I meet the chief. Like I meet the chief. And the deputy chief, and they're both they both black. So I kind of felt a little bit more easy. Not no offense, but I'm just saying I just felt in my element. Hey, I feel you. I know people in the audience. I, I listen. I know the listeners. They feel you. You know what I'm saying? Like it just felt good because it's like okay, they, I can they can kind of relate to what I'm about to you know whatever questions or whatever. So um, I do the interview. The the deputy chief because the chief is going to retire. Like this was, I knew this was gonna be it because the, like, the head chief was a, uh, a female black woman, gangster. She was like, I know if I would have been there before, I know she would have been like, she was great from what I hear. Um, and then the deputy chief was, he was up and coming. It's just like he just got appointed deputy chief. So um, the deputy chief was like, oh, I like you. He was like, um, I'm gonna call you in two weeks. I'm like, what? <laughs> Two weeks, you gonna call me already? Like, you ain't call me nobody else? Like, what's up? He's like, don't worry about it. He's like, we'll, we'll let you know. We'll call you. I like it. Two weeks come by, they called me. 
Um, they was like, all right, we want to move forward. Um, you need to do now. This now this is when they, they now this is when they ask you to do certain things now because they are they're not going to offer you. So now you got to do a drug test. You got to do a physical. Like you got to do a breathing test. They want to see how your lungs are. A lot of people fail the breathing exam. Um, I'm just going to let people know that. Um, they're going to test your lungs. So you got to go on a special machine in the booth or whatever, and they're going to test the capacity of your lungs. Don't ask me why they do it. This is just standard for them. Um, so if you need practice in breathing, y'all better go Amazon, get your little device and practice breathing because I'm telling you right now, a lot of people fail that exam. I don't know why. A device um, on Amazon? Now, what device are you talking so about? So I ordered a device to help me to help me strengthen my to strengthen my my lungs. Um, I'm just give y'all a quick story. So the feds they they pretty much set you up with a local office, like a local medical office. They do all the exams there. Sight, they, they do a test on your sight, your breathing, um, your mobility. Um, they do drug tests. They gonna they gonna make sure your blood samples are good. I'm telling y'all, they do all of this. Um, and uh, so I, they sent me to like a rinky-dink medical place where I had to do my, my, my breathing exam. I passed everything else. Okay. So I'm looking at this place. I'm like, okay, oh, man, it's going to be simple. So I'm looking at the machine. This lady said they ain't used machines since like 2002. Okay. So I'm like, you sure the machine going to work? You know what I'm saying? So I'm breathing, breathing, whatever. She's like, okay, the breathing looks good, blah, blah, blah. So they send the, they send the results to the feds. The feds send me a message back, oh, you're, you failed the breathing test. I'm like, hey, oh, Lord, please don't tell me this. So they're talking about you got to go and redo the test, and but at your own expense. So oh, come on. Luckily, at this time, I still have my insurance from the state because I had already quit because I already knew I was going to go. So I still have my insurance because I think they lasted like another three months or whatever. So I still have my insurance. I went went to a real professional doctor with a real professional machine, put you in a little, a little little booth or whatever. I passed my exam with fine colors. Bam, send that off. All right. So that's all I needed. So the next day I got my, my actual letter um, offering me whatever the pay it was going to offer and all this other stuff. And the pay so, was way better than Florida. Look, so... I'm gonna tell you this. So they started me off at at fifty four thousand, right? which was so way better than Florida. Way better, way better than Florida. Bam. All right. So I'm like, okay, this look good. And like, I don't. There is no. That's it. They're gonna they're gonna start you off there. Some some states like Georgia will require you to do three years in order, like before you can try to transfer out or whatever. Louisiana doesn't do that. So it was just quickly, this is what we this is what we're gonna offer you. This is your start date. And what I like about Louisiana and the chief and the deputy chief, they gave me a start date that was like a month out. So they gave me time to look for an apartment, all that good stuff. So that was pretty cool of them to work with me. So, you know what I'm saying? Me and the wife we packed up the, our house and we had to move a truck and all this other stuff and we found an apartment for good price. And so we moved we moved down here. Bam. So I get here, you know what I'm saying, and, and everything started rolling. All right. So I'm here. I get um I do a little bootleg ceremony because at that point they everything like everybody's still working, like they moving. Like there was no stoppage. So I do a little quick ceremony, have some jeans on or whatever. It's supposed to be a, a nice little ceremony with shirt and tie. But they did a quick one, bam, bam. 
all right, let's go to the office. Let's get rocking. All right. So um, now I'm, I'm, I'm going to tell you all this now. This was March of 2020. This is when the month of what? COVID started. So I'm yep. starting. Bam. Four weeks later. Hey, we got to shut this down. We got COVID. Everybody work from home. Now I'm still in training mode. Okay. So now I'm home trying to do work. My, my supervisor's trying to train me, and it's kind of difficult because he got a lot of stuff going on or whatever cases. So now, look, fast forward, I'm in Louisiana, and we get two hurricanes. We get two hurricanes, bam. Courthouse is destroyed, okay? Um, so we got COVID. The courthouse is destroyed. The courthouse, I was in the courthouse during the hurricane because I really had nowhere else to go. That's another story. Um, so we got three stories in the courthouse. When I, when I woke up the next morning, there was water coming from the third floor all the way down to the first floor. I'm telling y'all that the courthouse is destroyed. Um, so now we don't got no courthouse. We got COVID. All right. I got to drive all the way to Texas because we, everybody got evacuated. So I'm working. I get a caseload right before the hurricane or whatever. Like I, don't do this now. If y'all go to stuff, y'all go to federal probation. Do not ask for no case. Please don't ask for no cases because I was stupid enough to do that, and they gave me a caseload. All right. How many did you to start with, though? Um, when you knew they can, they kind of start you off with like ten. All right, because they don't want to push. They want to. They don't want to do too much. All right. They want to. They want to kind of grab like ease you in. All right. Um, they will ease you in. Just don't be stupid like me and ask for a caseload. Let them give you a caseload. All right. Just let ten, them give you a caseload. Ten seems like nothing. Seems like no, ten, ten seems like a walk in the park. Ten is nothing. All right. But let me tell y'all this. So my district, because it's so small, it's only five of us in office. Um, we're the largest district in Louisiana, but we have small offices. Our office or our district is one of the rarest districts in the country because we do three, all three aspects of probation, which is very like it's unheard of. So I write pre-sentences, I do pre-trial and I do regular supervision. Typically in a big um, state with bigger offices like uh, California, Texas, or Florida, they typically have, um, like you typically have a unit. So they have a pre-sentence unit that does strictly pre-sentences a uh, pretrial unit that does strictly pretrial and a supervision unit that does strictly supervision. All right. That's where I say those people are blessed because you only have one aspect to worry about. When you have, when you do all three aspects, now, now your table, like your plate is full. Like there, there is no days to rest. There's no days to put your feet up. There's none of that. Cause you got pretrial supervision and pre-sentences. All right. So, but the good thing is, it's like when it's time for me to try to transfer, I won't have a problem because I could do all three aspects. All right. Oh, so are you thinking about transferring in the future? That's in the future. That's in the future. Um, I don't see myself staying here, but that's in the that's in the future, though. All right. So, um, in comparison I, I, to probation, regular mm -hmm. probation, state probation, how do you mm -hmm. like feds over state? Comparison wise. I love the feds more, of course you would, because they, they pay you respectfully. Like that's- oh, Well, obviously we pay, but we're gonna just set the pay aside. We're but, talking about the day-to-day -day aspects of the job. Day-to-day -day aspects, um, I like it more on the feds side, um, 
because um, every day you're going to learn something. Every day is a learning process. Like there's not a day where you don't learn something. Um, there's not a day where you're not working. So it's not like you know, I was like, when I was with the state of Florida, I could do my work in two weeks and be free for the rest of the month, which is no, that, I mean, I felt that felt good because I could just chill. But it's some days where I'm like, dang, man, I wish I had some kind of, you know, something to do or whatever the case is. But here, every day you got something to do. You got deadlines you got to meet. And, you know, there's people that that, that I, I like to, you know, hey, I need you to come in right now, do a drug test or whatever the case is. Like, I'm going to tell you right now, you got to be careful with um, how you handle your cases on the feds. It's very sensitive. Like with the state, you can call somebody in and come do a drug test whenever you want. With the feds, you can't because it's strictly three mandatory drug tests and that's it. Like if if there's no reason for you, like there isn't, if there's nothing on their, their JNC, we call it JNC, which is their orders. If there's not an orders, you cannot call them in for a drug test. It don't even matter because that's not in their that's conditions. Better. That's less headache for the PO. Exactly. So, you know what I'm saying? I like it because number one, it's not a lot of, it's not really like going out to see people is not, not a hassle because we have different, it, it's okay. So we have a, a, a test that we, we give to the offenders and they, well, I can't say offenders, excuse me. We have to call them PUSs, which is personal supervision. Somebody up top don't like us calling them offenders. You know, that so, is changing across the country though. Like they're I trying see. to get away from saying offenders, defenders. I see. But yeah, yeah. they're moving. And people like that. They, I mean, I agree with it too. I don't. Yeah. I feel like it's better to call them something different from an offender. They're trying to right. get out of their title, which is cool. It, it may, yeah, it's it's cool. It makes sense. You know what I'm saying? So, um, we uh we have a system where we can put them on uh like a low, a moderate. You got low, moderate, then you got high. So if so you're on the that's low like spectrum, a risk assessment. Yes, yeah, a risk assessment. So. Yeah. If you're in a low, we only see you once a year. I know you lying. No, I'm dead serious. Like if you, if anybody scores on a low on a risk assessment, we see yeah. you once a year. So what they call you? Or they send a, a mail-in report yeah. for the other so month. So the the reports, the mail-in reports, we have yeah. electronic mail-in. They do it on okay. bam, finish whatever. Do you think that's something that's happened uh, like post COVID, or was that the same thing pre COVID? No. Nah. That was pre-COVID. They apparently okay. been doing this for a minute. Um, even if they, like, if some of these, these guys who've been in prison for, like, 25, 30 years who don't know how to work the internet, um, they can come into the office and there's actual, like, an actual portal. And it will actually help them fill out something online. So a lot of my, all my people pretty much turn, turn in their reports online and there's maybe, like, a handful that come and just mail it to me or or bring it to me because they're they're like in their 60s, 70s, so they ain't got time for all that technology stuff. Do so you have a specialized caseload or is it just a regular caseload? No, nah, it's a it's a re- it's a mixed caseload because I do With, pre-trial. How, how many people are you supervising right now? Uh, total thirty five. We can't go we can't go further than fifty. Um, that's pushing it. So right now I have thirty five because I end up giving I had to give up like twenty cases to another district because they ain't really have nothing going on. So I pretty much give up a lot of my caseload to them. So now I strictly have felony cases. Do you feel as though, like, if you're not in the feds and somebody wants to get in, do you feel like, oh, you need to know somebody in order to get in? Because from what you're telling me, it took you a little bit of time to get, <laughs> get in there. It did. 
I don't know anybody in the feds. It was just prayer and just like keep going, like keep applying. Um, I applied every single day in like 2019. Like every, like if there was an opening, I don't care what it was, I put it in. Like I was just putting them in. You know what I'm saying? And now that you're in there, do you see mm -hmm. why it's like that? Like what's going on over there? Is there, when people get there, they just stay and there's no, there's no room for new people to come in. The, t the turnover is not that high. Like, what is it? The turnover is not the high inside. All. all right. So the turnover is not high. These people do their 25 and go. So you, I'm, I'm going, like, when I went in now, I'm working with these people that have been there for 15 years. So they still got a little bit of time left. You know what I'm saying? Um, there are some people that do quit because they can't handle the cake. Like, they can't handle it. It's a lot. Like, I, I, I agree. It's a lot. You know what I'm saying, but it's it's not a it's not a huge turnover. It's just you got to wait for people to retire. Um, you got to wait for people to to advance, and so it's a it's a it's a process because of course it's the federal government. Y'all know that it's a process with the feds. So if somebody somebody promotes, then you gotta they gotta adjust all that. Then their position has to open up. We gotta make sure you got the funds um, for that. Now, y'all say the feds got money. A lot of people say, y'all got money. No, it's not like that. Trust me. It's not like that. Um, like right now, they haven't. They still haven't signed a budget. Like if y'all been following, they still haven't signed a budget um, for the government. So we don't, like we still waiting on them to sign that so we can do our thing. So don't think, don't think it's the federal government because, you know, y'all got money, blah, blah, blah. It don't work like that. It really okay. don't. So um, y'all got to be careful coming in here and, and thinking that it's going to be a quick, fast process. It's not. It's going to take a long time. Um, typically, it's going to take about three months. If you do get in, it's going to take about three months to officially get you in. Yeah, so, I'll leave. So y'all got to be patient. Y'all hear that? Y'all got to be persistent and you got to be yes. patient. Yeah, be persistent, be patient, man. Like, I see, like a, a lot of my friends have been trying to apply like they call them like I mean I, I gotta give up, man. It's just it's just taking too long. Like it, it, it y'all not gonna get in like that. It, it, it's a waiting process. All right. You have a lot patient. of um probation friends, probation officer friends? Yeah, like I have before I got in, I had three people go in before me. I had my I had my FTO from the state, she went in, she got in. Um and then I had another friend go in, got in, another friend get in, got in. So um then I got in and then People like my couple of my friends underneath me got in. You know what I'm saying? So um, it took like I got one cat. It took him like I got. I started probation in 2016. He just got like he's he's been there way before me with the state. He just got in last year. <laughs> Baby, so, he wanted it bad. He wanted it real bad. Yeah, he wanted it bad, man. And you know what I'm saying? And I I definitely like he like for him to keep going. After all those years of not getting denied and all other stuff, like that's he deserved that. He really did deserve that to keep going. So I mean, now I'm starting to see why people just stay there because if you try and trying for years, trying to keep, once I get in, I ain't leave it either. <laughs> right. It, it's look, hey, when y'all get in, man, it's a good feeling. Um, do do but, you guys um make your own arrests and things like that? So it all depends on the district. It all depends on... I want to know about your district. Well, it's it, it, I can't answer that because it's, it's the chief judge. The chief judge 
determines what we can and cannot do. Okay. Okay. So in our district, we don't make arrests. We don't carry handcuffs. We carry okay. guns all day. That's all day. That's why you got the U.S. Marshals. The U.S. Marshals handle all that. So okay. we got a warrant. We U.S. Marshals across the or across the the hall. We shoot them that. They go get them. I like so, that. I like. That. I like that too. So we yeah. don't handle none of that dangerous stuff or whatever cases. They go handle it. All right. Um, some districts they they do do arrests. They do do that. Some of them have a tactical team. Some of them have a search team. Our district we don't do searches. We just don't. We don't have the manpower for it. Now they wanted to start an actual uh, tactical team to do that, but we just don't have the manpower for it. So um, if you, if some people think they come over here, think they're gonna make arrests and all that stuff, eh, shut that down. All right, you gonna be doing a whole lot of social work. All right, um, it's it's just not like that. So um, I'm just letting y'all know. You know what I'm saying? I, I love the state because it was a lot more hands-on. I love the going out serving warrants and all that stuff. I love that and I miss that sometimes. But now it's like, man. Do you feel like working. federal probation is a walk in the park for the actual person on supervision? And I'm going to say this. I'm going to say this. The, the PUS makes the probation. Like if you, if that person wants to succeed, it's going to be a cakewalk. It don't matter if it's federal or state, county. It all depends on that person that's on probation. It's simple as that. And if you want to come on probation and do some bull crap or whatever case is, then just be prepared to get some bull crap back. That's just, yep. that's just how it is. I'm going to tell you right now with the feds, we don't, we're not going to be stressing you. We're not going to be trying to sit up there and, and try to demand that you we're gonna sit down, we're gonna say, hey, this is what needs to be done. This is the plan. Bam. Here's a here's a here's the layout for you. We're gonna lay it out for you. As simple as that. But what we're not gonna do, we're not gonna come up there knocking your door. Where you at, bro? Hey, we need you. Nah, we're not doing that. Either you show up, we're gonna send you a, a letter in the mail, we're gonna send you a text message, we're gonna call you. Okay. If you don't act here and you don't show up, hey man, we doing paperwork, bam, bam, send a warrant out, just sign it. US Marshal, go get them. Bam. When y'all come to the feds, man, we don't stress. It's simple. I love that. that. I love we that. We don't stress. We're not chasing you. We're not doing none of that. Because so you know what I'm You be babysitting people. Like, exactly. damn, you my child. Like, what's up? <laughs> exactly. So I'm loving that babysit. aspect of it. Mm-mm. We just keep it straightforward. It is what it is. So, um, pre sentences. Now, I don't know if, I don't know if a lot of people have done pre sentences. Um, I've done pre-sentences with the state. That was cheese work. That was easy cake. With the feds, though, this is one of the aspects people do not like. If you don't like to do a lot of like deep digging research, don't choose pre-sentence. I'm telling you right now, I hate pre-sentences. Okay? Pre-sentences here can be 30, 40 pages long. I'm telling y'all. All right? You do typical, you do the interview. All right, you do the interview with the, the person. You get detailed background, all that. All right, and the attorney has to be present. Like, sometimes the attorney has to be present. With the state, you can just do it, ban, call them, go to the jail, do the interview, move forward. Here, the attorney sometimes has to be present. So you do an interview with the, the attorney, and the attorney can be a but if you asking some questions that don't need to be asked. It is what it is. Once you get that, you need to go back, 
you need to send out all your requests. So if that person went to a high school, you got to send your request out to the high school to get confirmation that they did what they did. You got to send confirmation if they went to the hospital and got a surgery or whatever. You got to send that off. You got to send a request to um, like different, all their employees that they did. You got to send all that out. Once you get all that, then you got to go and run your background check. You got to get all their criminal history. All right. And then you got to plug all that criminal history into the program. So we have a, a program that, that we use to pretty much build our document. Okay. So you got to do all that. Now, once you put in all your criminal history, now you got to grab the criminal code book. And we also have another bo a book, which you call our Bibles. And you have to go in there and calculate if they get points, or how many points. Um, and then you have to add up all the points. And then you got to make sure it's the right criminal code. And you got to make sure all that falls in line because you're going to be determining how many years they get. Um, if they're if they're going to require probation or not, if they're going to have to pay a fine or not, how much the fine is going to be, um, all that. So you're putting you're pretty much putting the whole report together for the court. It is what it is, and it has to be a one. So you can't just send off some bull crap and don't think that it's going to take you one day to put all this together because it's not because you got to wait on verification. Now, if that person has a criminal history in another state. You got to send a collateral request to that state and they have, you got to give them two weeks to get their information. So now you got to wait for them to send you back information. All oh right? my gosh. So I'm just telling y'all the PSI is the one of the, I, I, to me, I think is one of the, the most difficult aspects of federal probation. When you're doing it. your PSIs, do you have a deadline as far as the one? There you is a deadline. Get? They give you, they give you, uh, I got it. I forgot. I think it's like 90 days, but they subtract a couple of days because you have to have it turned in to counsel. Then you have to have it turned into the judge. Then you have to wait for objections. Oh, I ain't tell you about this. So if you send a PSR out, the attorney, the AUSA and the, the PUS's attorney look at the PSR and they, they, if they have objections, they're going to tell you. So now you have to go back and fix your PSR. All right. Mm -hmm. and then you have to put in the you got to put in the corrections of the, of the objections. You have to explain. <laughs> it sounds explain like it's a lot. It's a lot. It, it's a lot. It's a lot. Like there's you got to make lot. sure all your stuff is on point. You got to make sure it's on. It's and one. All right. Yeah. So you know what I'm saying. So if y'all looking to do pre sentence, if you good at it, more power to you. If you're not, take your ass somewhere else. Do pre trial <laughs> supervision. I'm telling you right now. Just don't, know that it's gonna be a lot of work. <laughs> just know it's a lot of work, and I know I, I got uh, when I went to the academy. Um, there's a there's a couple people I made friends with, and they some of them just specialize in pre sentence, and they be having like six pre sentences on their desk, and it's just it's crazy. <laughs> you you can't imagine having six pre sentences, and you gotta do all that for all six of them. That's too much. You mentioned the academy. How long was the academy for you? All right, now look now, COVID shut all that down. So I had a virtual academy. Okay, right? it was cool, you know what I'm saying. But I wanted to go to South Carolina because Charleston, South Carolina, because that's where federal probation, that's where our headquarters are, like headquarters as far as training. Um, but we did virtual. It was it was only four weeks. Um, 
the actual academy, if you go to Charleston, South Carolina, is six weeks. That's it. Oh, okay. Six weeks. But you shoot every day in Charleston. They have an indoor gun range that's state-of-the-art. They do night shooting in the indoor gun range. So they, they shut it down dark. They do all that in there. You shoot every day. Um, they also, which I didn't know, is they teach you how to, how to do uh, tactical driving. So um, they put you in some real cars. They take control of the car, and you do spins, and you got to learn how to control and get all out of I missed all that, but that's what they do. Oh, there. that sounds like fun. It is, it is fun. They do uh, shooting. They do tactical shooting. So they have like the, I guess the, I forgot what they call them. They, you, you have an actual gun, but with the, I guess you could say fake rounds, but you put on gear, and they shoot you, and they, it's supposed to really hurt. Um, but they do all of that. They do tactical shooting, and you get shot with like pellets, and they do hurt but you have gear on. Um, they do that, shoot behind cover, all that. They do all that there. Um, DT, the real deal. You put on padding and you go you go at it. They do all of that. And I didn't get a chance to do that because of COVID. So, um, but the apparently the Charleston, South Carolina, that, that place is fun. Um, and they also have an indoor, indoor Olympic pool. They have a full-size blown gym. They have their own bar on on site, so you don't have to go off off site to go drink or whatever the case is. They said the dorms are nice. Everything's on there that you need. You don't have to go out if you don't want to. But well, it sounds like that's an enjoyable academy experience. It, it is if you get it to go. <laughs> if you get to go, yeah. So, but I mean, it's all good. Um, you know, how is right the training now, though? Like, do you guys do an annual training as far as tacticals, defensive? You know. What type of training um, do you guys have over there? So, because of COVID, things have been things have changed. Um, typically, they do do annual shooting. Like tomorrow is our annual shooting, so I'll be doing that um, tomorrow. So I'll be sitting here for the next couple of hours cleaning my weapon or whatever. But um, we do that annually. Um, nobody fails like they. Nobody fails. They they gonna sit there, and if you do fail. They're going to sit there and then they're going to shoot until you get it right. So um, typically everybody carries here. If you don't want to carry, you don't have to. Um, that's your what, preference. What, what is the um, duty weapon? What type the of weapon? The weapon now that we just got is the Glock. It's the a Glock, Glock 19 okay. or the Glock 17. We just got them. Brand new Gen 5. So we, we uh, I think before that they had the, uh, I forgot what they had. They had some trash. But, um, so everybody became, was happy when they got the Glocks. Oh yeah, most definitely. Everybody yeah. was happy, and I, it's to be honest, I like the Glock because it's, it's reliable. So um, absolutely, that's, that's what we shoot right now: Glock nineteen or the seventeen. Okay. So um, we, uh, I know here because of COVID, we don't really do DT um, anymore, which they need to like they really need to uh, implement back because. I'm looking at some of these, some of my coworkers, man. I'm like, eh, boy, somebody, boy, somebody want to Will Smith, boy. It's I don't know what you gonna do, but um, hopefully, hopefully they uh they implement that back. Probably some districts that's already ever started, but um, I know I'm trying to become a DT instructor, so I'm waiting on my chance to go to South Carolina and do that. So, um, but I'm, I ain't gonna lie though, these people can shoot though. Like the feds, this they they can shoot. Like I ain't never, and maybe because I'm in Louisiana, so it's a they they love guns here. 
and oh, most yeah. people are, are Louisiana. They all Louisiana natives. They can shoot. I'm talking about like the highest score you get is fit. Like a I forgot what it is here, but all of them be shooting at the max, so all of them can become trainers if they wanted to. So, okay. Um, I know with the state, I don't know. I know in Florida, we were not allowed to shoot headshots. Oh, okay. no, no, for us here. <laughs> Everything on the table, boy. Headshot, chest shot, whatever. It's it's, it's oh, gonna be damn. what it is. They don't play games. And you won't. You, you have to like if if you get into a situation like that, they want you to put the person down. It's, it's gonna be what it is. So we going home. Simple I know that. that's like, that, that's everybody. Speaking, speaking of that, when you go in the mm-hmm. field, do you guys have department vehicles too? Oh yeah, you don't use your vehicle. I mean, you can okay. if you want to, but I'm not using my vehicle, man. Also, you have the option with your. Yeah, you can, you have the option. I'm not doing that because I'm not gonna have somebody looking at my license plate. I'm like, okay, let's go find him where he at. Nah, you gonna you gonna look at the, the license plate and say U.S. government, and you gonna try to find where it's at. You gonna find yourself in Washington. So, yeah, and I use a government vehicle. It's accessible. I mean, I I like their vehicles. So, so um, with you doing so much as far as like PSRs and regular supervision and all of that, do you still have to appear in court and testify and things like that? You sure do. Now, testifying, oh I, I never had to testify. Again, the model that I learned from the state of Florida is if you report A1, they don't need you up there. All right? Now, you do have to go to court. You have to be there. So if there's sentences or if there's a revocation, you got to be there for your case. As simple as that. Our courthouse is still being rebuilt, so we can't. we don't have the luxury of going upstairs. We got to drive an hour or some change to go to the nearest courthouse. Which I, that courthouse is, is gorgeous, and I love going over there because the courthouse is beautiful. But that's where our judges right now, both of our judges are, um, and that's where our court is going to be. But like July, we'll be back in our courthouse, so I'm happy about that. But yeah, you do got to go. Um, dress code when you go in the office now because of COVID, we've been kind of chill. You know, we come with some slacks and you know polo, not tucked in or whatever cases, but. Um, typically, depending on your your district, is shirt and tie every day. Women's okay. gonna be slacks, uh, blouse, skirt, whatever. But yeah. you gotta look professional. So even um, on Friday, there's no casual. No, nah, Friday, Friday is a, it is a casual Friday, depending on if you got court or not. Oh yeah. Um, so and then a rule of thumb: always have a shirt and tie or blouse, absolutely, or a sports coat in the office because. You get a hell. You get an arrest on that day. Um, you got to do all right. So this is another aspect that I think is going to be for anybody or a pretrial, more or less. So we get an arrest. That's a, that somebody has a warrant out for the U.S. Marshals and they arrest them in your district or what in, in your local office by your local office. Mm-hmm. You typically have to stop what you're doing. So hell, I could be working on a PSR. I got to stop what I'm doing. That person arrested. I got to go interview him. Um, I have to put all his his criminal history together the best way I can. I pro- they probably give you about two hours. If they get arrested at 8 o'clock in the morning, they got an initial appearance at 12. So you got to put that report together in those hours. All right? This is just how it is. So you got to put all that. You got to put everything. Stop what you're doing. Put the report together. Interview that person. That's going to take about an hour. All right? You got to put all that information together. You got to put all that, all that stuff in. All right? Then you got to turn that into the judge in a timely manner. Hell, that could be 15 minutes before the initial appearance. You're going to have 15 minutes to look at that report. Bam, bam, bam. Dang. And then you got you to gotta hop online 
Put on your little shirt and tie that's in the office, bam, bam, and get ready for court. All Ooh. right? I'm telling y'all, man, it, the fans get is real, real about this. It's real. <laughs> it's real, man. It's going to be what it is. I told you, it's work, work, work. All right? It's nonstop. Now, if you in them big districts and you just do supervision, okay, you probably have some time to chill. But in my district, nah, Absolutely bro, you don't not. know. You do not know. You don't know what's coming. So, um, on top of that, you have case plans. Um, you do case plans. You do case plans. You do um, a, a risk assessment. Sometimes you have to redo a risk assessment. You got to have them come in and do a whole nother. It's so much stuff. Like, y'all don't understand. It's so much stuff that we have to do. Um, case plans are another one. You got to do case plans depending on if it's time for that person to do a case plan. So, you got to reevaluate. You got to see um, what the, the goals and objectives are. Um, you got to address those goals and objectives. Yeah, we um, do that, that in person. Texas. We do case plans in Texas for state, I mean, uh, county supervision. See, I ain't had no case plans. In oh, Florida. really? So all this oh, stuff is like, I hate I, case plans and risk assessment. <laughs> I hate yeah. it. I mean, not, I, I mean, uh, this, this is like, so much of your time. It does. It, it really does because you got to thoroughly go in there. You got to look at their pre-sentence report. You got to see what their crimes were, if there's like repeating crimes. And you got, it's so much stuff, y'all. Like, it's it's ridiculous, but it's for a good reason. All right. Absolutely. Sex offenders. Sex offenders. Now, let me get on. <laughs> let me tell y'all something. Man. Do they have their own specialized um, officer, like caseload? No. No. Oh. Y'all, all this is, your caseload is going to be sex offender. It's going to be whoever. It don't matter. There and that's, just, no... that's not just your district. That's just how it is. No, nah, that's, that's, that's just how it is. There is no... Oh, okay, okay. You know what I'm saying? Like, there is no... Like, okay, you specialize in... Now, we do have a substance abuse specialist, and we do have specialists that handle, like, the sex offender, um, like, whatever program they got to go through. Because you ex- every sex offender has to go through a sex offender treatment. Right. So right. there's a specialist for that. But as far as the case is concerned, you're going to get any and everything. It, it is what it is. Um, sex offenders are a different breed because you got to verify the registration. You got to make sure all the vehicles are registered. You got to make sure they're keeping up with their registration. Um, you got to make sure they're keeping up with uh, their treatment. Um, you got you to have a three-way staffing with the treatment provider to make sure to see where they are with their plan. Um I don't know. I think State of Florida, we did have a program where we monitor what they do on their phones. Um, with the feds, you see everything. Text messages between girlfriends, you can see penis pics, all that. We see everything. Type letter for letter they type in, we going to see it. It's as simple as that. And we have to review that like every other day. Or some people do it every day. Some people do it like on a Friday it all depends on that officer, but we, we do have that system where we monitor everything. Um, with sex offenders, it, it's y'all gonna notice a lot of sex offenders on here really ain't trying to go back because these cats have been doing some long, long time, long time. So they're not gonna go back. Now there's some idiots that will not register, so you got to do the paperwork and send that off. We know chase nobody down. I told y'all already. We not chasing nobody down. We ain't gonna call you, hey man. <laughs> what happened? What's going on, man? Now nah, we're gonna do paperwork. Goodbye. The U.S. Marshals go hey, get that. Goodbye. 
Yeah, you as marshals go get that, man. We don't have time to stress. We got too much going on. And y'all can understand that when some of y'all, I hope all of y'all do, whoever want to go fair, I hope y'all get it. And y'all will. Um, y'all can understand. We don't have time. It's it's a fast moving. We we out to the next one. So um I have a question that I've been asked a bunch. It's do people on federal probation have an opportunity to get their supervision terminated early? Or does everybody have to just complete the full sentence that they're no. given in court? So no, you don't have to do the full you don't have to do the full now. Okay. I'm gonna say this. So back in the day, before before I even thought about probation, um there was a time where they would be putting a lot of people on life probation. Um, especially sex offenders, which was technically illegal. Um, we ain't gonna talk about it though. I'm just letting y'all know. You're <laughs> gonna find some people, there's some person on my caseload who who was on probation for life. It is what it is. Um, but typically, yes, you can apply for early term. Um, I think you have to do a certain amount of time. I forgot what it is. I really I've only had one person early term since I've been here. Um and um he got out but now he's coming right back so wait for him to get wait for him we waiting we wait so um <laughs> but yeah you can't early turn um don't he's think coming back wait 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 you mean to yeah, tell yeah, me yeah. he got off early he got off early and went, and and went he... to go do the same thing he was on federal probation for uh -huh. now he coming back oh so my gosh yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be funny no nah, i can't say that i'm not gonna say that but i'm just saying well, Santa's gonna be funny to go see him again because I got to interview him again. I'm like, I'm, I'm gonna be like, boy, well, now you gonna get a longer sentence. That they have a chance to get off early. Yeah, it's a great. So is it is just up to the judge or is it up to the PO or what? No, actually, the person of the supervision will write the judge, and you will say, "Hey, I've done everything I'm supposed to do, and you know, is it okay? Like, can I early term?" Then the clerk of court's gonna call me, say, is he good to go? Me and the supervisor gonna staff it. He good to go. Bam. Bye. You know what I'm saying? We not gonna we don't try to keep nobody on supervision that really don't have to be on supervision. Like we're not like that. I'm telling y'all right now, we're not that. like that. We try to get everybody out if if you deserved it. Like if you right, deserve it, course. we're gonna we're gonna work with you. But if you're gonna, you know, you're gonna pass around and do some dumb stuff, you're gonna stay on there. You're gonna stand up for your, your next three years or four years or whatever the case is. So but nah, everybody who's on federal probation, y'all do have a chance to early term if it's in your conditions. If it says you can't early term, then okay. You can't early term. Yeah. But if, you know, that's if it a big say, misconception though. A lot of people feel like probation officers are there to keep you in the system. They wanna see you go back to jail. And you know, people always say that, Oh my people want me to go back to jail. Of back course. Man, look, man, we ain't got time for all that. Trust me, we don't want to keep y'all on probation longer than y'all have to, because we just we just have so much going on, and that that's not just feds, but that's just state probation and that's county history across we, the board. Across the board, we have so much going on. Like y'all think that we want to keep y'all on probation, and maybe there are some some officers that want to do that, and they don't need to be POs. As simple as that. But exactly. We don't trust. We Let's don't talk about it. Let's open the conversation. Let's start the conversation, okay? For real, like we don't. They don't even be PO get you out there doing it. 
No, you don't. If you if you if you get a kick out of trying to keep somebody on probation because you had a power to, man, you need your ass whooped because Absolutely. you 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 don't understand. Like some of these people are really trying to like succeed. Some of these people are really trying to get off. Some people are trying to trying to ev- elevate their life. Like there's one guy that was in the comment section yesterday. I think his name was Ben. Um, well, he talked about he commented saying he was on U.S. Uh, federal probation and now he got three jobs. That's what I like. Like we don't we don't want to keep nobody on probation because we know y'all trying y'all got goals that y'all want to achieve and so that's what we want y'all to do. All right. Oh. Don't think don't think all POs are like that because we show sure enough ain't like that. Get the heck up off our caseload so we can go handle some more business. So, Absolutely. I think that's yeah. a good way to end this episode, y'all. I want to give thanks to Chris for dropping all the gems. If y'all have any questions, any comments. Make sure y'all comment, let us know, and make sure you follow us at Two Hats Podcast on Instagram, YouTube, Spotify, and all podcast streaming platforms. Chris, it has been a pleasure. I hope we can do this again. <laughs> for sure. For sure. For sure. Anytime. Anytime. I appreciate how open you were. And do you follow us on social? You know I do. Yeah. <laughs> y'all, I already know I do. Man. That's what I'm talking y'all about. A Two Hats Podcast family member right here, y'all. Until next time, y'all stay safe.